Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. You're listening to KEXP. We're at 90.3 FM in Seattle and streaming worldwide at kexp.org. I'm Cheryl Waters and very happy to welcome our good friend Courtney Barnett and her band back to the KEXP studios. And it is wonderful to see you here. Welcome back. Thank you. It's so nice to be back. Uh, We just love having you here. You look amazing. The new album, Things Take Time, Take Time, so beautiful. And you're going to play some songs for us today. Yeah, we are. All right. It's Courtney Barnett live on KEXP.
Oh 
Courtney Barnett live here in the KEXP studios. Songs from the new album, Things Take Time, Take Time. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you so much. Oh, Courtney, it is so fun to watch you and Bones and Stella play together. There's clearly a lot of joy (laughs) among you looking at you. Uh, smiling at each other when you do certain parts of certain songs and who knows what's going through your mind. Um, But it's just really fun. I think of the long and fruitful friendship that you've had, um, certainly with Bones, and I know you and Stella have known each other a while. And it just must be great to be making music back out on the road after such a long break. Oh, completely. I think especially, yeah, especially given the last few years, I think there's a whole new world and level of uh, of gratitude and joy that comes with doing what we do. Well, you were living by yourself, I understand, for the very first time when you were writing Things Take Time, Take Time. And that's an intense experience that different people experience in different ways. Would you say that you're a fan of living alone now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I guess it's one of those things that I somehow avoided over my life of um and and I think it was good. It was like a confronting uh experience. But that's a good thing. You spent quite a bit of time, maybe more than in the past with these songs in demo form before you went into the studio to record them and that was due to the COVID-19 lockdown. How did that extended process affect the final form of the songs, would you say? Uh yeah, I think it just allowed the songs to um, to grow and change a little bit in in different ways. And just like when I, um, I guess this time around, I uh, I ended up recording many different versions of the same songs and like in different styles and different tempos and totally different energies and moods. And um, I think it's just it it really helps. It, helps me if when I when I get stuck to kind of change direction and I think the the endless demoing kind of helped in that in that sense. I was delighted to see that you worked with Stella in recording this album. I think maybe she even produced it with you mm-hmm. and uh, her influence is felt throughout the entire record. Tell me about working together. What was that collaboration like? Yeah, it was great. Um it was um I think since we did the Kurt the we worked together on the Lotus Sea Lice album in uh, whatever the year that was, 2017, 16. Um, and then since then I, I wanted to work with Stella again and so it just kind of everything lined up in the last oh, two years ago when we kind of started doing, doing the project and, um, yeah, it was just a really fun kind of different experience and it was just the two of us in the studio and, um, yeah, I, this record goes a little bit back to your first early records where you recorded the vocals at home, so you had to be very quiet, I understand, mm-hmm. because you were living in a place where there yeah. were neighbors nearby, which is sort of comical to think about. But how did it feel recording in that original format, like you kind of went back to your early days? Yeah, I mean, we did a bunch of, of tracking in a studio in Sydney, and then, um, but then... But then a lot of the other bits were kind of done in kind of makeshift studios. So I did end up doing, um, we did a little bit of recording at my Ray Street 
flat um, in in Melbourne and um, definitely recorded some vocals in a in a closet and all the, which I'm, I'm sure I feel like lots of people lots of radio people probably did as well um, podcasters during COVID um, but yeah it was just a kind of mix and mix and match. Since you had to record those vocals on the demos so quietly because of being at home with neighbors, did you kind of think in your mind that perhaps when you went into the studio, you might get louder and then you found you just really liked them like that? Because the album is much quieter. Yeah, I think I've noticed like the progression of my albums. I um, And I can see it like those those early ones, the early EPs have that um, softer energy. And I think it is to do with that. And then when I went into a studio where you can be as loud as you want to be. Um, but then I, yeah, I think that sometimes it, uh, it just loses something in the kind of, um, in, del- in the delivery or the kind of closeness. And actually that was something that st- when, when I was working with Stella on another, um, another project before we started on the album, that was something that she actually said, because I kind of, I feel like I tend to sing louder than I, need to by by default and it was um she kind of suggested holding back maybe it was when we did the Sharon Vanetton cover um and holding back a little bit and just um yeah I think it just helps me kind of like see the song differently feel the song differently well the guitars are different as well as the vocals on this record you're such an adept guitar player and you can really shred when you want to, there was a lot of distortion on the last album, but you're using the guitars in a different way on this record. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that was, um, it's weird because the last Tell Me How You Really Feel is very guitar heavy, but I wrote a lot of that album on a piano. It was very, the song started out so different um, and then ended up so different. And for this album, I guess I wrote the majority of it on an acoustic guitar and um, I think it was just a little bit of experimentation, like when we went into the studio, um, just um, trying to find a few points of difference. And um, I feel myself on guitar going to a lot of the same kind of patterns and tricks. And so um, so I would, I would try to like put the guitar down for a whole song and just like sit at the we had a, this nice little Wurlitzer in the studio or a piano and just try to uh, like approach the song from a different angle to see to see w- how it might influence the song because um yeah I guess not every song needs a whole lot of noisy guitar on it well I was hoping you'd play Turning Green one of my favorite songs okay. on the album and you don't even play the guitar at the beginning although interestingly enough it's the one where you're kind of ripping it up <laughs> the most on the record um, there, this is such a joyous record. It focuses on the beauty of life, I feel, even just the little things. And what drew you to joy during this extended period of loneliness and isolation that we were having? Um, yeah, I guess it was, I think it was like maybe one extreme to another. Like I think that it it started off kind of from a from another angle and maybe I was just in a slightly... Um, darker place and then through like these songs kind of helped me process somehow out of that and kind of like a bit of a turning point um and I think yeah I think it was maybe that that kind of process of like finding joy amongst that kind of sadness or that 
um, that lower kind of energy and, um, and yeah, trying to see the, all the good things in the world and in, in my life and all the things I'm grateful for and just, uh, yeah, so it's kind of, it's a, it's a flip, a bit of a flip side of that. Well, I was moved by the story around the song, write a list of things to look forward to. And it inspired me to do that. I kind of used to lay in bed and just do it in my mind, but I started making lists actually as a result of hearing that song. And I mean, just like you've said in some interviews, a beautiful sunrise is something to be grateful for and to wake up to. And very much like you, I look forward to that first cup of coffee. It's a ritual and it's something I really wake up to and look forward to and it brings me joy. And I was in Melbourne in 2017 for a few weeks and I was surprised what a great coffee town that is, especially coming from Seattle. It definitely rivals us. And it made me wonder, what's your coffee of choice? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Melbourne does a good coffee, um, I must say. Um, I, well, this morning I got a um, oat flat white. Nice. That was my today coffee. Nice. I go for a little otado myself. Oh, nice. <laughs> a little right. cortado with oat milk. <laughs> well, you've been um, over here for a while. I think I heard you came to the States in September and have been spending some time in Joshua Tree. And I mm-hmm. mention it because it's been on my list of places to go forever. And I'm actually going to be there this Thursday for the first oh, really? time ever. Cool. So I'm excited to hear that it's a place that you're drawn to and maybe even wrote some music there. Yeah. I mean, I just have loved it since... We first, like Bones and I, we came for Coachella in 2014, maybe, um, which feels like a long time ago. Um, and that was the first time I'd been there and I just loved it. And and so every, I've, I've tried to get back there every chance I can, like at the end of a tour or whatever. And um, yeah, and I was actually, I was there at the start of 2020 after my solo tour and I wrote. I guess I wrote a few of these, like Sunfair Sundown, write a list of things to look forward to. I finished there. Um, but, yeah, a couple of songs on this album I wrote out there. So That's wonderful. You mentioned the Sharon cover that you did, and you are two of my favorite musicians in the world and also two people I love very much. And Epic was one of, is one of my favorite records. Every song on that is beautiful, but you happen to actually cover my favorite song oh, yeah? on that album. It's hard to pick just one. Um, what was that experience like? Yeah, that was great. I mean, yeah, I, I love and adore Sharon as well. And, um, and so it was a real joy when she, when she asked me to be part of that project. And um, it is always daunting, um, you know, like really um, taking someone else's song and interpreting it. And, um, but it was... Yeah, it was a, at first I couldn't. There were like some weird chords or time sign or something, and I, I and I kept. I was I was on the phone to her and I was like, I can't figure this out. I don't think I'm the right person for it. And she was like, No, I believe in you. You have to. You'll get there. I I I know you'll I know you'll do it. So with that like little boost of confidence, and then Stella and I went in the studio. We tracked that in Melbourne and um, and then got Vagabond to sing on it as well. So it was, yeah, it was just a real special thing to be a part of. It's absolutely beautiful. And as you mentioned, that Vagabond edition just takes it over the top. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, all three of you, for making time to stop by today. You've got a big show tonight at the Paramount with another one of my faves, Barty Strange. It should be incredible. And uh, it's just wonderful to have you back here in the studios. Thank you for stopping by. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a treat. Thank you. It's Courtney Barnett live on KEXP Seattle.